Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. Uh, it's a very good evening to you and welcome to Time On on a Thursday night as we get set to get cracking with the Challenger final on Big Bash Nation. That's from 7 o'clock this evening, but Bryce McGain being such a great guy or such the great guy that he is, is going to join me from 6.30 this evening. Time On, of course, your say on the news of the day. one 736 736 the number. Give me a call at any stage. If you're just getting in the car for the first time, if you've been at work listening to SEN all day, just itching to give your two bobs worth on the stories of the day. Now is your chance. one 736 736 or get in touch on the Temper text. Temper is a mattress like no other. 0433 98 Bryce McGain to join me a little later. Um, coming up in around, uh, in around 20 minutes' time, uh, this man's been fantastic, a fantastic addition for the South East Melbourne Phoenix because uh, it is South East Melbourne Phoenix Membership Day on SEN today. And... Uh, we will be joined by Yanni Wetzel, the Kiwi. Uh, played last year at San Diego State. Now, they were ranked fourth in the competition heading into March Madness, with ha- which happened to get cancelled. So I wonder if we'll ask him what might have been uh, from that year. But plenty to get through today. Um, let's start uh, with Tennis Australia. Adamant that uh, the Australian Open will start on Monday, despite the tournament being thrown into this COVID chaos. TA boss Craig Tiley said he was absolutely confident the latest COVID-19 scare with a hotel quarantine worker testing positive wouldn't shut down the Grand Slam tournament. Adding warm-up matches would resume on Friday pending the completion of testing of the 160 players who were staying at the Grand Hyatt Hotel. This is what Craig Tiley had to say. Uh, We're absolutely confident this round open is going to go ahead. Uh, We know that uh, we've got a period now that we've got to work through with those 507 players and their staff. It's 160 players, actually, uh, that need a test. And we fully expect the probability is very low uh, that there's going to be any issue. We fully expect them all to be uh, to test negative. And then we continue with play tomorrow like we originally planned. And and if we have to go through this again, we'll continue to go through this again. And we've got, you know, another three and a half weeks of tennis. We've got a lot of tennis to play and and uh, and fully expect to keep the original schedule once we get past today. Craig Tiley addressing uh, the disruptions uh, or possible disruptions to the lead up to the Australian Open. Dan Andrews was asked today in his press conference about uh, the disruption. Yeah, so there's a number of about five, six hundred people that are either players and officials and others who are casual contacts. Uh, they will be isolating until they get a negative test uh, and that work will be done tomorrow. So it may have an impact on uh, tomorrow's uh, play uh, in the lead up event. Uh, but at this stage, there's no impact to uh, the tournament proper. I must say, that's important to us, but the issues we're most focused on is much broader, uh, and that's about public health and public safety, and that's why we've you know, really pounced on this very quickly. Dan Andrews speaking to press today. So it is just a fingers-crossed situation, isn't it? Uh, a lot of people have been voicing their disapproval from the moment that the Australian Open was given uh, the go-ahead, predicting that this might be the outcome. Um, we're just hoping that uh, this is as far as it goes and whatever spread there's been, it's minimal and that the tournament can go ahead and first and foremost that people are safe uh, for it to do so. 
Um, so we'll just continue to watch this space. BP will join us, of course, uh, after 7 o'clock to give us the latest on where that all stands and uh, any latest developments coming through throughout the day. one 736 736 Liam's given us a call in South Morang. Hello to you, Liam. Hey, mate. How you going? Very well, thanks. What's on your mind? That's good. Um, I'm just a, I'm a Collingwood supporter and um, obviously annoyed at the club for what's happened with the racist saga that's come out. But um, just a bit, bit of a question. Do you reckon they should do an inquiry into every club at the moment? I know um, it will probably be good for some of those players that haven't come out and said something about maybe being racist at other clubs. Not, not condoning what Collingwood have done. It's been horrible, but I reckon there maybe should be done an inquiry into every club and just see what comes out of it and how racist maybe some other clubs were and, yeah, just maybe an inquiry into that. Um, it's a great question. I, I not, not along the line, not because of on the lines of, well, you were too kind of thing, and I know that's probably not what you meant, but I, but I wonder whether there is validity in all clubs if, if, if we are serious about um, making sure that, about, about being better, which was... The, uh, the the title of that report into Collingwood. Um, if we are all serious about that, I wonder whether clubs do need to look back into their past and just see what damage may have been caused that maybe they weren't aware of or maybe they were thought everything was fine and now because of what's coming out here, realising, well, gee, maybe there's things we could have handled better. And if there are bridges to build with people who might have been, um, who might have been um, poorly treated because of their race um, and whether there's you know, healing to be done that means that you can move forward. Not so much, it might not be clean slate, but, but having at least acknowledged wrongs of the past um, and, and taken steps to, to remedy those, rectify those, or at least just to, at the very least to acknowledge them. There could be something in that. It could be a very therapeutic and cathartic thing uh, to do, Liam. Is that the kind of, is that what you sort of meant along those lines? Is it why you would look to yeah, something like that to happen? Not- yeah, obviously, like I said before, I'm not condoning what Collingwood have done, but it's maybe to shine a light on maybe like other players who haven't had a voice. And if there's inquiry into that, then maybe they get a peace of mind or something. But yeah, it just seems like all of it's on Collingwood and the media is just straight on Collingwood. But I don't think it's really moving forward. I think it's just putting a lot of spotlights on people, but not the spotlight on what the actual problem is, and which is racism in clubs. And if other clubs can have the same inquiry as Collingwood have, then... Like I said, it bring a bit of light onto maybe what they've gone through and maybe move forward and be well, better in the AFL community. I well, suppose. It's, a, it's a great point you make in terms of wanting to be better, and I think everyone would agree that if you are wanting to be better, you've got to understand what, if anything, and you may not have, but I think we'd be surprised if that was the case. But to, to be better, you need to know what you need to be better from. So if you are evolving in life, as hopefully we all are, to understand what it is that you're trying to improve on, you need to understand what mistakes you've made in the past. So maybe there is some uh, validity there in clubs, you know, just having a, a deep look back into their own histories as well. And I wouldn't be surprised if other clubs are, are keen to do that. I thought everybody um, sort of was, I suppose, what's the word I'm looking for? People acknowledged how well St Kilda handled the revelations and, and the story about Robbie Muir that came out last year. They were unequivocal in their apology and to reach out straight away, to find out more, to learn, to listen. What could we have done better? What can we do better now? Um, I think people applauded the way that St Kilda completely, um, you know, humbled themselves in in that moment. Um, And I think that's almost the benchmark in many ways in that situation. And maybe Collingwood, despite it not being presented very well, 
as it wasn't this week, maybe what they've done in having the mirror held up to them is also setting an example for, for other clubs. And, and, and other clubs might look at that part of it and go, well, maybe we can benefit from that too. But that's probably a question uh, for all of them. Hey, thanks so much for your call, mate. I really appreciate it. Have a great evening. Cheers, mate. You too. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Dean off the text. Uh, do you know any front runners for the Melbourne Renegades job? They should try as an international player for next year. Will Jordan, uh, New Zealand uh, player who wants to play t- New Zealand All Black, who wants to play T Twenty cricket. Well, that's going a very obscure. I, 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 <laughs> Dean, I, I love the left of field thinking, but I reckon. The Renegades just need to make astute, sound and solid picks about who they pick up. They need, if they're going to get imports, they need imports are actually going to be here and be here for most of the year. And they've just been unlucky in that space over the last uh, couple of years. Speaking of Collingwood, uh, the following letter um, has been written by the 150 footballers and netballers uh, from Collingwood. Um, My partner first alerted me of this. She is a a Collingwood member and um, I think it was on Taylor Adams' uh, Instagram account. Uh, But the following letter has been written, and this is from the players in response to the events of this week. Uh, I'm assuming the revelations in the report and also how that was handed down this week. So uh, this is from the Collingwood footballers and netballers. Uh, Sorry, as athletes, we are sorry to anyone who through their association with our club has been marginalised, hurt or discriminated against due to their race. Through our silence, we feel responsible for these injustices. We acknowledge it is not enough to simply show support for the principles of anti-racism and inclusion. We will, front, we will confront the history of our club in order to learn, heal and determine how, to, how best to walk forward together. Over the last 72 hours, we have had the opportunity to digest the Do Better report. We also apologise to those members, fans and community who feel guilt and shame as a result of the systemic racism that has occurred within our organisation. To all the young people who dream about one day pulling on the black and white stripes, we pledge as athletes to continue to help create a club that allows all of us to thrive regardless of race. Faithfully, uh, this letter is endorsed and supported fully by the 120 staff uh, of Collingwood. So that's come through from uh, the Collingwood players football and netball was today. And, and we were just speaking of that with Liam, uh, talking about confronting the history to listen, to learn, to heal and, and move forward together. So that's uh, from Collingwood today. And if you're a Collingwood fan, I'd love to know, you know and you, you have been someone who's been really disappointed with how this week has unfolded and maybe some of the things you're learning uh, about what's gone on in your past. How does that sit with you? How does, uh, does that hit the right note for you? Uh, are you happy with the players that they've, um, they've, made that joint statement together. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 433 Ryan says, as a Swan supporter, the idea of it being problematic and systematic elsewhere is not the point. This is about Collingwood. That's from Ryan. Um, well, this particular report is about Collingwood. I think the question that Liam was asking, Ryan, is would other clubs follow suit? Would, would other clubs be willing or should other clubs be more willing to follow the same lines as Collingwood and have the mirror uh, held up to them. I don't think he was trying to pass the buck, and that's why I clarified with him. Do you just want to do this just to say, well, look, you've done it too, or do you actually think it's a a positive thing for all clubs to be able to do? I think that was what he meant uh, in regards to that. Um, 0433981116. There's a few texts coming through. I'm just having a a bit of problem with the uh, getting the... Them to, to open up. Uh, in regards to the opinion of all clubs being investigated for racial abuse, as a bomber supporter, I reckon all clubs should have been investigated for alleged doping too. Time for the Pies to be uh, in a negative spotlight for a bit. 
There's a there's a long bow drawn. <laughs> um, oh, I, I know that's not all Essendon supporters, but that. Yep, I'll I'll leave that one there. That's a very long bow to draw, um, and the two things have absolutely nothing to do with each other. Uh, but thank you for your text zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. B Hodge is a coach of the Renegades next year, please. That's come through as well. Um, John is called in Greensboro. G'day, John. Yeah, good day, Sam. How are you going? I'm really well, thanks. Yeah, good, good. Look, just uh, just to, to try and sort of put a little bit of a positive spin on um, the, the pies. Look, Eddie probably should have known better and he's a professional and usually presents himself a lot better. But I just want to sort of be as positive as I can about it because I, I think the intent was not to offend. The intent was to correct and to assure people that, you know, that the clubs probably turned the page, acknowledged the wrongs of the past, and it was a proud day that, you know, perhaps going forward, that it was time to, um, you know, uh, oust the racism and, and everything else. I just think that it was misrepresented, and then part of it was his fault, but I think it was a, a good and positive um, move by the, the athletes of the, the footy club mm. to back the club in and, and, and to, um, you know, to to at least say that, you know, they don't stand for what was perceived. But anyway, I just sort of want to put a positive spin on it. I know Eddie said the wrong thing, but I don't think he meant to say the wrong thing. I just meant, I just think he tried to, you know, pr- probably, um, you know, just make it look a little bit more presentable and he should have known better. But uh, I think the intent needs to be the more important thing here. Uh, and that's very gracious of you, John. I think you're right. Yeah, trying to make it look a little bit better is what the report has said that they've done time and time again in the past. Um, that spin, if for lack of a, a better word, um, that was what it didn't need. It didn't need to be made to look better. Um, and I think, and, and that's been acknowledged, that the, the opening lines were just, you know, it was just completely wrong. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't miscommunicated or anything like that. It was, it was just the complete wrong tone to try and set and the wrong way to try and present this. If you listen to some of the other way that the other people that, that spoke up there, uh, Jody Sizer spoke about the fact that it's been very hard to have been an Indigenous uh, Collingwood supporter over the years, but in them doing what they're doing now, she's proud of that. So I think there was a better way and a better time and a place to use that word proud, but Eddie's acknowledged that as well. And, um, and we've been having, you know, that conversation all week as well. But I, I appreciate uh, your call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Sam's called in Coburg. G'day, Sam. No, we had Sam. We've got Daniel in Hampton. G'day, Daniel. You there, Daniel? No, we've got Sam. Sam, hello. Oh, we'll, we'll get one of them. So. Uh, <laughs> It's Frank in Coburg. It's Frank in Coburg. G'day, Frank. I'm being told three different names here. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> Frank, fire away. What would you like to say? Uh, just a couple of points. Uh, people talking about the uh, Collingwood Report as, a, as some sort of template. Let, let's put it in its proper context and remember that it was forced on them by the legal action taken by Heretia Lumumba. Um, this wasn't something freely done who forced as, uh, it upon as them, a way of... Frank, who... who... I, I, I think that uh, once those allegations came through from Heretia Lumumba and the legal action was in train, uh, it was incumbent on Collingwood to check its facts. And um, I applaud them for the review, but it didn't come freely. It came in that context. But more importantly, I wanted to talk about the release that you read out. I would have loved to have seen that released by 
Pendle Berry and the captain of the uh, of the AFL women's team at Collingwood. Mm. I would have loved to have seen it endorsed in person by those people rather than as a press release. I think that's a fair point. Uh, are you a Collingwood fan, Frank? Are you? Uh, I'm a, I'm a Fitzroy supporter. I'm afraid. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair point. I, I'm, I think I can see what, what you mean there. If it was all the players there, you know, sort of uh, standing side by side saying this is what we're about and this is uh, who we're about, I, I, I certainly see what, what, you're, what you mean there. Um, and, again, that's just sort of come through in the later stages of this afternoon, uh, that from the, all the Collingwood players. Uh, now, is it Daniel in Hampton next? <laughs> Daniel, have we got you there? Hello, Daniel. Hello. Hi, mate. How are you going? I'm very well, thanks, buddy. Uh, you wanted to talk Collingwood. Yeah, I did. Um, look, I, I think in the Australian culture these days, there's so much social media and everything, uh, you know, that people looking for clicks and, and likes. You know, it's not the first time Eddie's said the wrong thing. And, and mm. the guys who mm. touched on it before, the intent, you know, proud is definitely the wrong word. But, you know, obviously they, they were never going to admit the single case because that sort of opens up to all sort of liabilities. But uh, you know they did something at least, and there's a report, and people should see, see that. But all of a sudden he's used the wrong word, and everybody's banging on about he's proud. When we're pulling out that that wasn't his intent, or that was the wrong thing. You know, but then if the, he had used all the right words, he'd be looking at something else that he said in the press conference or did in the press conference that uh, you know to bring the negativity on it all. So I just think we just sort of you know, chill out a bit and just go okay. Mm. There was obviously things happened um, back in the day. Probably would have done something about it. And, you know, let's see if uh, the actions that come out of the report are put into place. And, uh, you know, there are better clubs moving forward. I'm not even a Collingwood supporter. Daniel, I appreciate the call. I think that there's merit to you saying there's people that would have torn that apart no matter what was said and how it was said. I agree with you on that. But I don't think we can argue that it was just the completely wrong tone to set and the wrong tack to try and take off the off the bat when a report had been leaked. It wasn't actually them fronting up to say, hey, look at what we're presenting today. It was a leak. Uh, they had to respond to the leak. The words just set the completely wrong tone and, and, it, and it was counter and it was, in the end, proving a lot of what was in the report about looking for image rather than the issue and and trying to spin something as opposed to just opening yourself and out to it. So, and it's been acknowledged by the club since that that was the wrong tone to set and the way it was set. I agree with you that people will find fault in anything in this day and age, um, but I, I I think it's just inarguable that 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 was the right way to start things off. Um, yeah, it it didn't hit the right chord from the moment to, that it started, and then of course that's then and as as Gil McLaughlin said, that then derails the parts of this that, that should be looked at most closely. So I, I get your point and, and see your point there as well. There's a lot of other stuff making news today. Uh, continue to get your calls in. We're going to be joined in just uh, a moment by uh, Yanni Wetzel from South East Melbourne Phoenix. But the AFLW have announced three new matches. The Lions, originally set to host Geelong in Queensland, will now play Gold Coast at Hickey Park this weekend. Already a sellout. Geelong will remain in Victoria and play Collingwood at Vic Park. Um, Adelaide are being forced to quarantine in South Australia this week. They'll fly to South Australia, uh, sorry, New South Wales to take on Greater Western Sydney at Blacktown International Sports Park on Sunday. No spectators at that. 
game either. And West Coast, the, the players today, this announcement that they've agreed to take a further seven, or they've agreed to take a 7% pay cut across the board, more than double what the uh, AFLPA collectively and the players decided to take. Uh, the club assured them that it wasn't a way to save money in order to splash out on a high price recruit at the end of the year, which would effectively rule them out from getting Patrick Cripps in free agency. So that's that's the other side part to this. That's a big story uh, today, uh, but we'll continue. And you can have your say on that, one 736 736 Yanni Wetzel from the South East Melbourne Phoenix to join me next. It is South East Melbourne Phoenix Membership Day. We'll give you all the details of that uh, after this. Time on. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. Well, it's South East Melbourne Membership Day. South East Melbourne Phoenix Membership Day, I should say. Uh, visit semphoenix.com.au. So it's wonderful to have SEM Phoenix on SEN uh, today. The South East Melbourne Phoenix, by the way, uh, have been riding most of their games this year and they've lost a couple of close ones. They're sitting two and three, um, but looking very, very promising. Uh, just a couple of places outside uh, the top four in that playoff contention spot. And I think they'll absolutely relish the NBL Cup in a couple of weeks' time. 36 games over about 30 days. That's going to be absolutely hectic in the greatest of ways uh, with the NBL Cup on. And I can't wait for that. And I'm sure uh, this man can't either. Uh, Yanni Wetzel is a, a Kiwi. He was, uh, I'm told, a tennis prospect in the early days uh, before he decided to chase uh, his basketball dream. Last year was at uh, San Diego State. Before that was at Vanderbilt. And now uh, finds his way at the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Yanni, hello to you. Hey, mate. How are you doing? Uh, very well, thanks. Um, before we get into some basketball, I'm told reliably that you were a tennis prodigy. Um, the Australian Open's on at the moment. Um, do you, is your racket hand itchy? <laughs> not at all, not at all. I used to play... Um, tennis really seriously up until the age of about uh, about 16 when I switched over to basketball. Um, I've actually been to a couple of Australian Opens when I was a bit younger, so um, I've experienced all that stuff, but uh, a bit burnt out, so um, it's all basketball for me at the moment. Uh, let's talk about your basketball journey. So at the age of 16, you, you, you pick up a ball. It didn't yeah. take long for you to find your way into a U.S. college. How did that all happen so quickly? Yeah, I mean, from the day I picked it up, just kind of fell in love with it, the whole team aspect, team camaraderie of things, and uh, just got hooked from day one and um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, obviously didn't have much um, exposure, much time playing back in little old New Zealand, so I had to get go through a recruiting website in order to get kind of get some looks from um, US college teams and went through a recruiting platform and, and got picked up by a small division two. Um, and I spent two years there and, and then that's when I transferred to Vanderbilt and later on to San Diego state. You guys at San Diego state were having one hell of a year last year before COVID cruel the season. I think you were the fourth, yeah. fourth ranked with, with, um, with March madness just around the corner. Um, yeah. do you, do you still find yourself thinking what might've been? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think we always will. Um, we were having a dream run, a dream season, and um, won the first 26 games of the season. Um, finished the conference tournament at 30 and two, and hoping for um, a first seed bid and into the March Madness. And um, we were all on a high. You know, we were playing well. Um, chemistry was was at an all time high, also. But um, yeah, COVID came in surprisingly, and obviously devastatingly. Um, and it was a bit heart-wrenching at first and, and took a few weeks to kind of um, get over, but it'll always be a big what-if. And um, I think what we created there will, will last forever. And 
um, you know, we're in the history books as one of the greatest teams um, that San Diego State's seen. So um, we definitely created something special. But, yeah, obviously um, a pretty pretty unfortunate end to things. Given the exposure that you um, would have had at that point and through that year and, and your own form as yeah. well, um, I think over yeah. your college career, average just under 10 points uh, a game, around six rebounds, assist as well. But did you garner any interest from NBA clubs that you're aware of? Yeah, yeah, I had a couple um, pre-draft interviews, um, talked with the Sacramento Kings and the Utah Jazz um, early on in the draft process. Um, but that's kind of when everything was a big unknown. Um, you know, NBA teams didn't know what they were doing. The NBA was on a hiatus at the time. Um, so their main focus was finishing off the season. But um, yeah, I had some interest and just unfortunately there was no um, pre-draft workouts or summer league or anything like that. Um, so kind of just switched my focus to um, playing elsewhere. But, um, yeah, that's always still going to be the dream. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for, for now, the focus is obviously just having the best season possible with the Southeast Melbourne. So you decided to come to Southeast Melbourne, not the Breakers, uh, in your back uh, <laughs> back home. Um, what was behind that decision? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I just kind of built a, a really solid relationship with Tommy and Simon um, yep. really early on. Um, you know, they, they called me as soon as my season finished at San Diego. And um, obviously Judd Flavel, the assistant coach, um, we had had a relationship um, through high school because he was my uh, coach in the Breakers Academy. So um, automatically we had that um, that relationship built. And, and, you know, we just talked a lot throughout the process. And I just felt comfortable with these guys. I thought there was a great opportunity um, for me to kind of slot in. And, um, you know, everything panned out great. And I'm just stoked with the decision. How have you found the season so far? Yeah, it's been great. I'm loving it, loving it. We've uh, been on the road for, I mean, from January 1st till the, the last day of January, actually. So we are on the road for a month and um, it was difficult and definitely chippy at times, but uh, I think it was great for us <laughs> as a unit. Um, when you say chippy, close. when you say chippy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just mean in the last couple of weeks, I mean, we've been around, you know, you don't, you don't really get off days on the road because you're always together. So yep. I guess sometimes some of the guys are keen to get back to their missus or back to their families or whatever. But um, no, we were all pretty close and, and definitely built um, quite a strong bond throughout that month. And, um, we're just looking forward to getting back to the Heartland and then playing in front of a home crowd for once. Well, uh, you don't have to wait too much longer. Um, no. The Hawks on Sunday, uh, it's a long time overdue and we can't wait to, to see that get underway. Um, how close are we to seeing Southeast Melbourne Phoenix at their best? Mate, we are stoked. We're stoked. Um, not too long, I'd say. I reckon we're getting things together and um, I think the last pushover will be the uh, the home crowd. I reckon we're really really coming together nicely. Um, we had another good practice today. Got two more until the build up um, against the Hawks, and um, you know we're a real solid unit. I think we've seen flashes of what we can be, um, but the ceiling's really high for us, and, and we have a lot of potential, and um, still a long way to go. And, and it's going to be a matter of just getting better every day to, to finally reach that point. And hopefully um, grab a playoff spot by the end of the season. Well, mate, you've been sensational. Uh, your debut against the 36ers was brilliant. 24 points, 11 rebounds. The last time a player had debuted to that level uh, with a 20-10 and 10 game was back in 2007. So you're, you're setting the tone, setting the benchmark. We're loving what you're doing, and we reckon that, uh, I think you're right, the ceiling uh, is quite high for what the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix can do this year, and we can't wait to see you guys at your best. Hopefully it's this weekend against the undefeated Hawks. Go well. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, mate.
Uh, Yanni Wetzel, what a good man. What a good bloke. And uh, what a very, very good player. Um, South East Melbourne Phoenix membership day today. Get 10% off platinum, gold, green zone and GA memberships. Just head to the South East Melbourne Phoenix website uh, and make sure you get your membership back home this week. That's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, keep those texts coming through. I know a few of you... Um, not happy that that haven't been read, but we had Yanni in today uh, for the South East Melbourne Phoenix Membership Day. So we'll keep working through uh, those texts as they come through and push on to some other topics. Bryce McGain's going to come in and join me for the back half of time on on the other side of this. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the temper text. Temper is a mattress like no other. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. Welcome back to Time On. Sam Hargraves with you. one 736 736 0433981116 off the temper text. Temper is a mattress like no other. Uh, off the text, a point of clarification for a previous caller. The racism review was related to Lumumba's claims but was not precipitated um, by Lumumba's lawsuit. Collingwood announced the investigation into Lumumba's racism claims on July 5th. Lumumba filed his lawsuit on October 15th. It'd be good if your callers got their facts right before criticising Collingwood. Uh, that's off the text as well. Uh, still arguing the headline's not the issue. In doing so, you're actively diminishing the real issue. For heaven's sake, it's not about Ed. Um, certainly, I think there's... Um, I think there's merit in that argument as well, although the report showed that leadership at Collingwood was central to the issue of the systemic racism. And given that Ed is the president, it's at least partly um, about him. And that's not me accusing Ed of anything. That's just the report saying that this is um, how we've got to this point. And given that the press conference was run by Ed, who started with those words, proud and historic day, then uh, the discussion uh, will invariably go to him. Um, But... I think that's a valid point too. There's bigger issues and and that's why it was disappointing that it played out this week the way that it did when the real issue was sitting in the report, um, which is why it was disappointing that that's how it was presented. Um, and that goes directly to your point. So I, I agree with you there. Uh, 0433 98 11 16, 736 736. Uh, before we get our next guest up, we've got to say hello to Bryce McGain. Hello to you, mate. Well, let's get your microphone on. Hello, mate. Good evening to you. How, how good's this, Sam? It's very good. We've got a long lead in, but we can't keep our man waiting for too long. We, you and I have been reveling in um, calling this bloke's uh, games all year because you and I are both big fans of the uh, the skit comedy duo Key and Peel. One of our favourite sketches that Key and Peel do is the uh, suburban substitute teacher who comes in and mispronounces every single person's name. He calls Blake Balake. Uh, Jacqueline J. Quellen, uh, <laughs> Denise D. Nice. And when it comes to Aaron, he calls Aaron A. A. Ron. And we've been calling Aaron Hardy A. A. Ron all year. This is the second time I've had a pleasure to chat to A. A. Ron Hardy, who's been good enough to jump on. Hello, mate. Hey, guys. How are you going? Well, well. Have you seen this sketch by Key and Peel that we're referring to? I've been made very aware of it by a lot of different people. So, um, well and truly, A. Ron by now. You're, you're, are you reveling in the new name, or you'd like to just keep Aaron? Uh, I'm happy with Aaron, but um, I don't think I get much of a choice anymore. So I get Aaron by quite a few people. <laughs> oh well, it's all in good humour, and Aaron, uh, you certainly got a good sense of that. And you're also playing some terrific cricket at the yeah. moment uh, with the Scorchers, and not only with the Scorchers. I've really enjoyed the way that you re- really took off uh, in the Sheffield Shield. You, you've had a terrific summer. How are you feeling about uh, your performances? with WA and also the Perth Scorchers? Yeah, I've, I've been really excited the whole season to be able to get, get some good games, get a few back-to-back games in the field, which was nice, and then 
carry that into the big bash. So uh, a lot of thanks go to Adam Voges for the trust. And yeah, it's been a really good summer so far. Has that allowed you to, to c- continue your growth in your performance as well? Because you, you feel that belief uh, from outside and that's growing your belief within yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the more you play at this level, the more you, the more you learn like the tricks of the trade at this level. So, um, yeah, the more you play, it's invaluable experience and yeah, lessons along the way as well. What do you see yourself as, as your strength? You're clearly an all-rounder. Do you see yourself as a bowling all-rounder who bats pretty handily and can whack him? Or is it probably more of a, a, a batsman? And at this stage, it's just your bowling that, that, that's maybe um, locking you into a spot into the team. Yeah, pretty much exactly what you said. The bowling's probably locking me in at the moment. Um, but as a junior, I was always more of a batsman growing up. Um, so I always kind of look at it is that if I have a good day with the bat, then I'll be a batting all-rounder. But if, if the ball comes off, then I'll be a bowling all-rounder. So, uh, yeah, happy to happy to take either. Uh, it's a big game tonight, isn't it? Uh, obviously, that goes without saying because there's a spot in the final on the line. But um, you guys, after starting the year in a, in quite a... A disaster, well, not a disaster because you're able to recover from it, but you were no wins from the first four games. One of those was a non result, but you really turned it around, Aaron. Um, and it was just the last couple of games that you've lost, which sort of goes against the form line you brought in uh, from the back half of the year. So it's it's now or never to turn it around, and the Heat conversely come in in red hot form. Yeah, full credit to the Heat. Um, I think they've had three must win games in a row, and they've, they've won all three of those. So full credit to them for being here. And like you said, it's it's big best cricket, so things can change very quickly. So once we got that one win, we got home back to Optus and built the momentum, and then we've come back here and it's been a little bit up and down. So um, yeah, hopefully it's our night tonight. In terms of uh, the, the the late change, in terms of venue, you're probably all excited and set to be going back to Perth, but in, in one last minute uh, change, how close were you to the airport and heading back? And uh, has it had any disruption to your preparation for tonight? Yeah, we're about three hours away from, from getting on the bus and going to the airport, so it was a pretty last-minute change. Um, but all the boys, I mean, we're pretty used to it by now. It's been it's been kind of crazy the whole summer, so we've just been taking it day by day and hour by hour in the last week. So um, in terms of preparation, we've played at Monica a lot this season, so nothing new there, and we've already played the Heat twice. So it would have been nice to get home, but I think thoughts are more with our family and friends back in Perth with, with the lockdown and with the fires that are happening there at the moment. Of course, and a very good point you make. Uh, it, it certainly is a stressful time in and around Perth and in WA, and good on you for mentioning that as well, Aaron. Um, in, in terms of tonight's game, what did you learn out of the last round against the Heat where they were again up for a must-win? They had to do beat you guys to make the finals. That They were able to succeed from that. What did what have you learnt from that? Oh, we yeah, learned a lot of different things about the, the different grounds that we're sort of playing on, so... We've, we've played at Monica a few times now. We've learned the conditions that it's probably going to get dewy later at night. Um, playing against the Heat, we've got, they've got a few really big wickets early on. So, um, yeah, if we can get the wickets early and adapt to the conditions the best, then we'll have a great chance tonight. Aaron, um, you obviously would have spent a lot of time uh, with AJ Ty this week. How's it been for him? He came under some fair criticism after the bouncer to finish off that game. Um, for what we've been told, that he, he didn't actually do it intentionally. Um, how's he gone under that kind of scrutiny and criticism yeah he's been fine he's been uh his normal self around the group which has been great um it's he's very experienced in his cricket career now so it's, i'm sure it's not the first time that he's had criticism um he knows deep down that it was an accident um he didn't mention it he apologized to vincey 
uh, at the time and then after the game as well. So, yeah, he's he's ready to go. Just, just between us, do you believe him? Do you reckon it was an accident? Yeah, yeah, I'll back him. <laughs> hey, and uh, by the way, it wasn't it wasn't AJ that dropped Vince off your bowling, was it? Who dropped him off your bowling? Uh, don't want no names. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, <laughs> no, it was uh, very wet out there. So it's tough. <laughs> Oh, you're a very good man. Hey, we're wishing you all the best tonight. You've had a really solid season. You've chimed in with some runs, but you've taken some important wickets Mm. throughout the course of the year. We've loved seeing you get a real crack at it and be able to cement your spot in that side. And hopefully there's some greater success coming your way as well, mate. We'll, um, We'll be watching and can't wait for tonight. Good luck. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Go well. There he goes. One of our favourites, A.A. Ron Hardy. He's been brilliant and off the text. <laughs> You're done wrong, A.A. Ron. <laughs> Just people Someone's are... right on the right amazes, on the beat. It's amazes good. me how many SEN listeners are, are Key and Peel fans. I I mean, I know that they're, they're, they're reasonably popular, but... We, we just get flooded with quotes coming through on the text. 0433 98 Time on. Your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 The phone lines will be open all the way up until we get into the broadcast. But if you've got something you want to get off your chest about what's gone down in the world of sport today, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Time on, SEN. Weekdays from 6 on SEN. On SEN, your home of sport. Time on. Welcome back to Time On. We're under an hour from the first ball being bowled in the Challenger final between the Scorchers and the Heat BBL Nation. But Bryce Begain's been good enough, test cap number 410, to join us uh, even earlier than his scheduled start time. Such is his enthusiasm to be involved. <laughs> Hello, mate. <laughs> Thanks, sir. That's exactly right. I feel actually like I did before I played. And before big games, I'd be there an extra hour early and things like that. So me hovering around in the, the corridors, I appreciate you asking me in and throwing a mic in front of me. Um, Elsa Clarkson was on today, mm. and I know you love your footy and you've yeah. coached footy uh, in and around the traps uh, of Melbourne. Um, there's a lot to work through from it. A couple of ones that have caught people's attention today. Uh, he spoke about the fact that Tom Scully, the retirement, he basically said that this guy's been training to be an elite and, and basically preparing as an elite footballer since about the age of 10. So he's just burnt out. So yep. it was quite short and sharp and succinct. The stuff on John, John O'Patton took a little bit longer. And if we've got time, um, we might play that because it's, it was straight. I'll let you be the judge. Well, that, that'll be determined a little bit by the, um, by the result of the investigation. Um, all, all we would say is that um, these these situations from time to time uh, pop up, um, and um, when there's an investigation that takes place, we just let that uh, let that unfold. But in the in the meantime, uh, because it is, um, yeah, these are, these are young men. Um, in a lot of in a lot of cases, because of AFL footy, um, sheltered sheltered from the real world in terms of. Um, yeah, what they what they have to endure is sort of as young men, and so um, sometimes they're not they're not equipped with the the coping strategies, and uh, that's been the that's been the case with um, with Pat, who's who's found himself um, you know on the front page of the paper. Uh, now the investigation will determine whether that's um, uh, you know right or wrong, but uh, the, the the scrutiny that, that some of these footballers are under. Um, is quite immense, and it, it, you know, so he's uh, he's found himself in a space where he just needs needed uh, needed some time away to uh, to reflect, like a lot of us have had to do over the course of the last twelve months. And uh, the investigation will unfold, and we'll think we're, we're once again working with with Paul Connors, his uh, his management, 
um, and staying in pretty close contact with John just to make sure his well-being is okay because when the scrutiny comes like this, it's not just... Uh, I remember when Hodgie... Uh, got done for DUI right on the eve of the 2015 uh, final series, and um, you know the calls from uh, the calls from the football public that he should be sacked as captain and he should be stood down as a player and all sorts of things. And it's just like you just got to just slow down, take a breath. I'm not usually too good at this, but in crises like these, um, it's probably one of my strengths. It's just slow down, take a breath, um, let's absorb all the information that's uh, that's coming our way. Let the authorities. Um, make the decision. In Hodge's case, it was the law. We didn't need to impose any other penalties. There was a law that imposed the penalty in terms of him breaking the law. Um, and then um, then there was the public scrutiny. And in a lot of instances, I think that's enough punishment for anyone. If anything, with the John Patton situation and, uh, and also Hodge's and many others, it's the public scrutiny that gets these guys more than anything else. And, but you've got um, standards of behaviour. I know you. you we, we, we know you really. Well. You've got standards of behaviour that you would enforce at your football club that have held you in great stead as, as an individual, but also being able to impose those standards on your group. And you've had enormous success as a result. So you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be allowing them to use the pressures as an excuse for behaviour. No, no, that's right. And uh, at, the, at, at the end of the day, you live and die by the sword by your actions and your behaviours. But we, this, this is, uh, despite the allegations, this is really murky territory. Um, and it'll be a really interesting test case for uh, what is the law around this sort of stuff. And that's why there's an investigation in place. And that's why we'll, uh, we're, we're at the mercy of that investigation. Number one, to keep it private and confidential until the outcome of that is determined. Um, but secondly, to actually establish what are the standards in this sort of space. Like, I know that I've got my own personal, personal standards, but, um, but I don't know what my personal standards are in terms of uh, the social media type of uh, platform because it's just so, so different. And that, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm getting into that generation now where I'm a little bit older than some of these, uh, these crackers that are coming through now. And it's just, a different, it's just a different world, and we're all learning that now. Um, is he back training yet? Giant Patton? Yes. No, no, he's, he's, not, he's not training at the club. And um, he just needs some space and some time time away whilst he deals with this uh, with this issue. And um, at the appropriate time when we uh, can sit down with, with both he and, um, uh, and, and Paul Connors, then uh, we'll determine uh, when and if and whether that, that, uh, that does transpire. How did that sit with you? Well, it's it's really difficult, isn't it? Um, mm. I guess he's pointing out one of the things is around the public scrutiny um, mm. and the pressure that he felt around that uh, and, and supporting his player, Jonathan Patton. That's what he's trying to do. Um, th- th- and that's a bit. It's murky. It's not clear. It's not clear in the law. It's uh, Well, maybe it is clear in the law, but it, it is a grey area. It is a new area. And, uh, you know, he's pointing out that it, he's there to support, um, not to judge. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, in a in a, in 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 a, in a very long and all in all answer, yep. Yep. I think some things get lost and some things become a bit prominent and some things aren't mentioned that maybe should have been. Um, it, it, What's it, missing? I, do you I, think? Well, Sam? Oh, maybe an acknowledgement of um, of the people that may, might have been affected. Yep. Um, I think that the players get a lot of training every year on what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in the way that they interact with women. 
Um, and these are obviously allegations at this stage and everyone's entitled to be uh, the presumption of innocence until proven guilty. And I get all of that. Um, and I, I don't think it was intended to sound flippant. Like these things pop up from time to time. I don't think that was intended at all. But as a Hawthorne man, I'm listening to that going, oh, just... Respect just, for women is a different conversation yeah, I than know, and uh, I, I, drink driving. I, yeah, and, and yeah, I didn't like the, that comparison either. But I, I know Clarko, uh, from everything that I've seen of him, has very high morals and values, and um, I don't think it was intended to come across like that. But I just, mm. yeah. Um, we've got to get to this break. On the other side, we'll get into Big Bash Nation. That was time on SEN. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.